Chapter 8 Found Out Be sure your sin will find you out. Numbers chapter 32 verse 23 No man can escape his own sins. Every sin we commit will find us out and call us to account and make us pay. No man ever committed a single sin that he did not pay for in some way. No man ever committed a single sin by which he was not a loser. The utmost foolishness that a man can be guilty of is for him to imagine he can gain something by doing wrong. Whether you hurt another by your own wrongdoing or not, you are bound to hurt yourself. There are doubtless many people who contemplate doing some wrong act. Very likely, you could be thinking about doing it tonight. I want to say to you now, as Moses said to the children of Reuben and Gad, Be sure, your sin will find you out. You can't escape it, and you are bound to suffer from that sin. It is most likely that if a man puts his hand in the fire, he will be burned. It is absolutely sure that if a man sins, he will suffer for it and suffer for each individual sin he commits. You may escape the law, but you cannot escape the consequences of your own sins. You may escape the laws of men, but you cannot escape the law of God. No man can hide where his sin will not find him. Here are six ways in which a man's sins find him out. By the Execution of Human Laws The execution of laws in human society is imperfect, and yet it is astonishing how men who break the laws are sooner or later brought to accountability. A man may elude the maze of the law for days, weeks, months, or years, but he is always weaving a net that will entrap him in the end. Here is an illustration. Some years ago, a crime was committed in the city of Chicago. The detectives set to work to ferret out the criminal. Every clue failed. One day, a detective was speaking to me about it. We were just about to separate. He was utterly discouraged. At the last moment, a thought flashed through my mind about someone who had not once been suspected. The man had supposedly covered all his tracks, and not a soul on earth but himself knew that he was the criminal. Within two hours, that person was under arrest and had made full confession of his crime. It is a marvelous thing how crime comes to light and how a man's sin finds him out and exposes him to the contempt of the whole world. In Our Own Bodies When a man does not pay the penalty for his sin before human courts, he pays for it in a court where there is no possibility of bribery, the court of physical retribution for moral offenses. Not only do certain diseases emerge from certain sins, but also in a general way, an intimate connection exists between morality and health. All sins have physical consequences. The suffering that results from some sins is not as immediate or as marked as the physical suffering that results from a few well-known vices, but it is still true that every sin has physical consequences. The man whose sins will suffer for it in his body. His sin is bound to find him out, 
scarcely a week passes that someone does not come to me, suffering some great physical evil that is simply the consequence of his own sin. Young men see others suffering the terrible consequences of transgressing God's law, but they still go right on as an ox to the slaughter. They think that they will be an exception. But there are no exceptions to physical law. Any action that is unnatural or immoral is bound to bring a penalty. Why are there so many men with broken bodies and shattered intellects? Because of a violation of God's law, their sin has found them out. Why are there so many broken-down women? Because of a violation of God's law, your sins are finding you out. Of course, disease may be hereditary or the result of accident or misfortune, but if we could eliminate all the sickness that is the result directly or indirectly of our own sin, we would be surprised at the small amount of sickness that would be left. Many excellent young men have been guilty of certain sins, and the body is shattered and the mind diminished as a consequence. The same is true of many young women who in many other respects are most admirable young women. Consider even such a sin as anger. Does that affect a man's body? Surely. It disorders the blood, stomach, brain, and nerves. It is demonstrably unhealthy in every case, and can even lead to paralysis and death. In one church where I was pastor, one of the deacons had a stroke with paralysis that finally resulted in death. It was said that the stroke was due to this excellent man losing his temper in a political discussion. It is simply astounding, if you study it, the many ways, some simple, some intricate, some direct and some indirect, in which our sins hunt us down and find us out in our own bodies. Man, if you are contemplating sin, just stop and think of this for a moment. Be sure your sin will find you out. If nowhere else, in that body of yours, you will in some measure pay a physical penalty for every sin you commit. In Our Character our sin finds us out in another place, and this is more important by far than its finding us out in the execution of human laws or its finding us out in our bodies. Sin finds us out in our character. For every sin you commit, you will suffer in character. Every sin breeds a moral ulcer. A festering body is not as bad as a festering character. You can't tell a lie without your moral blood being poisoned by it and your moral constitution being undermined. Do you think that you can cheat a man in business and not suffer in your character more than he suffers in his pocket? Do you think that you can wrong an employee in his wages and not suffer more in what you become than the loss he suffers? Do you think you can wrong a man regarding his wife and not have a death-dealing cancer in your own character? Do you think you can read an impure book, or tell or listen to an obscene story, and not breed a stinking distemper in your own moral nature? Do you think you can violate those laws of purity that God has written in His Word, on your heart and in your body, 
and not reap disgusting tumors in your own character. Wherever else the law may seem to fail, it absolutely never fails here. A man's sin, a woman's sin, always finds them out in their character, in what they themselves become. In our own conscience, from whomever else you can hide your sin, you cannot hide it from yourself. You are so constructed in the mercy of God that to know you are a sinner means self-condemnation and agony. How many of you are suffering untold agonies from the bitter consciousness of sins that no one knows anything about but you? No physical torments match the torments of an accusing conscience. An accusing conscience means hell on earth. No earthly prosperity, no human love, no mirth nor music, no revelry, fun, or intoxication can dispel its cloud or soothe the agony of its ever-gnawing tooth. The old Latin poet Juvenal puts it well. Trust me, no tortures that the poets feign can match the fierce, unutterable pain he feels who night and day, devoid of rest, carries his own accuser in his breast. There is a place where all our sins will soon find us out, every one of us. Have no doubt of that, my friend. Be sure your sin will find you out. It may be hidden from the officer of the law, it may be hidden from the eye of every man and every woman, but it will speak to your conscience someday. It will find you there. Then beware. That sin you are considering looks fair and sweet. It won't look so fair, nor taste so sweet after it is committed. It will find you out, and you will suffer. Oh, how you will suffer! Before we move on, let me say that the fact that your sin is sure to find you out in so many ways, in your relationships to your fellow man, in your body, in your character, and in your conscience, all points unmistakably to the existence of a moral governor of this universe. Everything in this universe is tuned to virtue. The stars in their courses fight against Sisera. Everything conspires to punish sin and reward goodness. To see this and to question the existence of such a God as the Bible pictures is to be supremely irrational. In our children, there is another place where your sin will find you out, in your children. That is one of the worst things about sin. Its curse falls not only upon us, but upon our children also. God does visit the iniquities of the fathers upon the children. You may complain about that as much as you like, but it is an unquestionable fact. A wise man doesn't think as much of what he would like to have true as of what really is true. There is no question that our sins find us out in our children. Let a man be a drinking man, for example. He may not be a very hard drinker, but there is almost sure to be a curse upon his children. Most likely, one of his sons will be a drunkard. I remember a man who was a constant but moderate drinker. He had three sons. I don't think that man was ever drunk in his life. Indeed, he despised a drunkard, but he laughed at total abstainers, 
each one of his three sons became a drunkard. In a New England town, I knew of a young woman who belonged to one of the best families. I don't think her father was a drunkard, but he was a moderate drinker. The daughter, however, inherited an appetite that completely overcame her. She became a periodical drunkard. At times, she would disappear from home and go to Boston. When pursued, she was found in the lowest slums, beastly drunk. Her father's sin had found him out. Consider the liquor dealer. His sin is almost sure to find him out in his children. A friend of mine who has wide experience says he never knew a man in the liquor business where the curse did not sooner or later strike in his own home. A man was pointed out to me in an American town as the one who had made a determined effort to upset the temperance principles of the majority of the town by opening a saloon. Two members of his own family came to violent deaths through drink. His sin found him out. Consider the Sabbath breaker. Today, many Christians are careless about the Lord's Day. They go out riding to the park, bicycling or playing golf. Let them beware. Their sin will find them out in their children. Their children will go farther than they do. They will disregard the day altogether. They will likely turn out to be infidels, drunkards and perverts, and all that is bad. The one thing I thank God for in my home training is the strictness with which we were trained to observe the Lord's Day. Some of us wandered into sin in later life, but when that one day in seven came around, we couldn't find the heart to do what we did on other days. We would go to church, and so we were brought back to Christ. The sin of the adulterer will find him out in his own children. Let him take heed regarding his daughter. A very prominent man in America, an excellent man in many respects, was led into sin. Very few knew of it, but his wife knew and freely forgave him. But his sin found him out in his own family. His own daughter fell prey to an infamous scoundrel. You who are considering some sinful act, beware, lest you bring a curse upon your own household. It looks attractive now. It seems as if it would be convenient, but it won't. Be sure your sin will find you out. In eternity, your sin will find you out in one more place, in eternity. This present life is not all there is. A future life exists, and our acts and their consequences will follow us into it. If your sin does not find you out here, it will there. You may be sure of that. In eternity, we shall reap the consequences of every sin we sow. This sometimes seems to go on, unchecked by justice. Men defraud their employees. They rob the widow and the orphan. They condemn other men and their families to poverty in order to increase their already too enormous wealth, and no one seems to call them to account. It will not always be so. God will call them to account, to strict account, and a few thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of their ill-gotten wealth given to charity will not blind the eyes of a holy God. They will suffer.
Men sometimes lay traps for foolish girls, and they are ruined, and no one seems to call the men to account. They go on and on, admitted to the best society and loaded with honors. It will not always be so. Their sin will find them out, if not in this world, in the next. They will stand before the universe exposed in shame, loaded with dishonor, and cast out to everlasting contempt. Men despise God, laugh at His word, and trample underfoot His Son, and God still lets them live. He does not seem to call them to account, but it will not always be so. Be sure your sin will find you out. Scripture At the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven with the angels of His power in flaming fire, rendering vengeance to them that know not God, and to them that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus, who shall suffer punishment, even eternal destruction from the face of the Lord and from the glory of His might. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7-8 through Be sure your sin will find you out. The principle of our text is sure. All history is a confirmation of and commentary on this point of the Word of God. Every man's experience is a confirmation of it. You cannot sin without suffering for it. Your sin will find you out in the workings of human society, in your own body, in your character, in your conscience, in your children, in eternity, or in all of these. Are you considering sin now? Don't do it. I beg of you, don't do it. You will regret it. You will suffer. You will pay an awful price. Your sin will find you out. But many of us have sinned already, and our sins are finding us out already. What shall we do? Fly to Christ. I have preached law to you. Now, a word of gospel. There is but one way to escape the penalties of the law. That is, in the grace of the gospel. Scripture Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 Fly to Him at once. He calls, Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 Come, come at once.